What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Um, just super excited as always to have a new guest on and talk about something a little bit different. We've, we've, I feel like we've uh, this spring so far beat redfish and trout over the head pretty hard, which there's so much to learn and so much to take in and, and kind of break down and analyze about these fish, redfish and speckled trout. But we're going we're gonna to talk about some other stuff that, that can be pretty tricky and, and you know having a little upper edge, a little uh, extra information can really be helpful. Um, so we're going to talk about the main focus. I think is probably we're going to see where this podcast takes us, but we're really going to focus on sheep's head first. Probably talk a little bit about flounder, black trout, and redfish as well. But sheep's head, I think, is going to be a main focus. Um, really cool fish, delicious fish, and a very tricky fish to hook. Um, not necessarily tough to know where they are, but but tough to, to to fish well for them and and hook the fish when you get bites. So I'm excited about that. Before we get started, though, I wanted to remind y'all about. Um, our Patreon account that we've started. If you do really love this podcast, no pressure, but if you do really love it and you want to help support us financially, um, you can do five and $10 donations a month. I'm doing a lot of giveaways through Patreon um, as well as some exclusive content coming y'all's way for the Patreon listeners. Um, and that just helps me for the time that I've invested into this and the money that I've got tied up um, in it. And and so it's super, it just it blesses us in a big way um, if y'all are able to support us, but no pressure if you just enjoy the content and can't do that. We still want you here. We still want you listening and enjoying um, this uh, this great knowledge from all these different captains and anglers that we're that we're kind of bringing together here on Eastern Current. Um, and check out our private Facebook group, Eastern Current Fishing, for all the listeners. Um, just ask to join, and we'll let you in. And it's just a great way to connect with other listeners and other anglers in uh, along the East Coast, and uh, hopefully uh, help y'all out on the water and maybe make some new fish buddies. But that's enough of me rambling. We're going to bring on our guest. What's going on, Luke? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. Uh, just excited to have you on here. I was, uh, I was, I've just been very impressed with all the all the fish you've been catching lately: black drum, bonita, speckled trout, gray trout. I mean, that spring we, we were talking about it before, and the spring fishing's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the spring mix this time of year, man. I mean, you, you've got everything really. Um, you know, obviously the red drum has been going on all winter. Um, you know, speckled trout as well. They start to heat up more, but. Um, Especially the black drum, the sheep's head, you know, Benita, like you said, all those things kind of come into play, you know, and it, it just gives you so much of a different variety of, you know, things to fish for, um, you know, especially with the numbers of black drum we've had this year, man, I mean, the, the fishing's just really, really been off to a great start, and especially as early, I mean, you know, normally I don't start catching these fish till end of April, um, and it's just really, uh, really been, been productive so far this year. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's I'm seeing that in a lot of things. Like I talked to my buddy who was turkey hunting um, in South Carolina the other day and had been scouting up here, and he's like, "Man, a, a lot of these hens seem like they're already bred up." And then yeah. my buddy up in Weldon texted me yesterday. They had a hundred fish on a hundred striped bass on on the jig in Weldon yesterday. It just seems like you know we've got some warm weather. It seems like these these fish are kind of you know a little early, or the fishing's good a little early. I mean, I have not had a year of spring albacore fishing like I've had this year. Usually it's like two or three days of albies and they're gone in the spring, but it's been pretty consistent. And the bonita has been good, man. Have you had the bonita? Yep. I mean, can you remember the bonita fishing being this good the past couple of years? No, not, not in this area. You know, it's, it's funny, man. Every year it seems like, I don't know if you're the same way, but every single year come March I'm like, man, it's going to be early this year. It's going to be early. You know, it's warming up. And then this year it really has been. And yeah. No, I mean, normally my, this is probably my best year on Bonita. I mean, in my experience, you know, I'm fishing for them for <clears throat> two or three days and they're gone. Yeah. You know, at least you're on Wrightsville in Carolina. And then, you know, the guys up at Topsail, um, you know, those guys are usually hammering them right on, a, you know, a little bit better. But this year, I mean, it's it's been hot and heavy down here and they're still here, you know, in good numbers. I mean, I, I had some buddies out today and they, you know, they hammered them. Yeah, it's crazy. I keep expecting for them to not be here and it's like just long pushes of them. And, yeah. and the same thing with the Albies. Like, I, I'll, see, I'll bump into them a few times you know, in the spring and usually not in close, usually at like eight or 10 miles right. trying to, trying to get away from the crowds, Bonita fishing and you'll see the albacore. Um, and they've been from freaking three miles to 12 miles. Like, I mean, anytime I get outside three miles, it's like, I'm seeing albacore. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I, I've seen them up North. I mean, right on the beach. I mean, just outside of pier, you yeah. know, pier casting to them, you know, they've, they've been everywhere. It's been awesome. It has been cool. Uh, I don't, I don't fish for them that much. I mean, for, you know, no other reason. Just you know, usually I want something I can eat. Yeah, you for know. sure. I mean, they're super. I mean, they've been everywhere. I mean, you can't drive by them and not cast at them. No, they just rip drag. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm with yeah. you though too. I mean, 
I do like when my clients like catching fish that they don't right. want to eat because right. then I don't have to clean them. But but uh, I'm with you. Like if, if there's a if there's a bonita and an albacore right there, and I can cast and catch either one, I'm probably gonna throw the, to the bonita. Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, it's been cool, man. It's some good gray trout. I've, you've been catching some good gray trout this spring. I've been seeing a lot of posts of some gray trout. Um, yeah, yeah, grays and speckled trout, man. I mean, it, it's been good. I mean, the the gray trout have been definitely more of a bycatch. Yeah, you know. Have you been catching specs. those mixed in with the specs or catching them jigging yeah. for gray trout? Yeah, mixing yeah, they've specs, they've yeah. been mixed in. I haven't jigged for them yet. I know they're there. Yeah. Um, I just haven't tried. Gotcha. Um, I haven't had I haven't had a reason to yet. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about you know we're getting into that right time of year, and I know people have already been catching them, but you do so well. Like scrolling through your Instagram the other day, I was looking at you know, past this last summer and just past catches that you've done really focusing on sheep's head. Um, and I think that's a great fish for, for people. Um, one for clients, it, like we were talking, like I was talking about earlier, they're, they're tough to hook. I mean, you, you get the bites from them. A lot of times you don't even know they're eating. They're tough to hook, but they're great fish to go out and target. They're plentiful. Um, they pull hard, you know, they, they require a little bit of work, but it's not hard to get the bites. It's just hard to kind of understand when to set the hook. Um, so I, yeah. I think it's a really good fish to, to kind of share with people, you know, and kind of share tactics and, and talk about, um, and hopefully get some guys on the boat with you, get some trips booked. But, um, let's talk a little bit about the sheepshead fishing. I'm just rambling and rambling about, about sheepshead fishing here, but, um, let's talk about kind of the spring, spring fishing transitioning into summer. Sure. And I mean, so that's the deal with it, man. I mean, there's, they're extremely plentiful. I mean, there's just a lot of them around here. It's a, it's a fish that not that many people, you know target and you know you're talking about the the hard bite and everything you know with charters you know i, I do sometimes struggle with that you know some people do want to go try yeah um and it's fun you know once you get them going and they figure out you know what their what the bite is and everything and they kind of can capitalize on it um you know that's when it's cool you know that it's not like sitting there drum fishing casting and casting and casting you know those people are you know tight tense ready to set the hook you yeah. know at any moment so that, that part of it it's cool um, for sure. But I mean, as, as far as a spring, man, I mean, it's, it's here. I mean, they're, yeah. they're sheep set around. I mean, there's plenty of people catching them. I haven't, I haven't been really yet. Um, just cause I've been the black drum, like you said, I know we'll probably talk about that later, but, um, you know, for the most part, the sheep's head really, you know, they go to, you know, Florida, I guess has always been known as like the sheep's head capital, but you know, the sheep's head stay here through the winter time um or just off the beach you know they they don't not all of them leave yeah um you, know, you can catch them pretty consistently if you put in the effort for them you know through the winter months but i mean they're they're kind of like trout really um you know as far as they start biting early and i mean it really can't be you know the water temperature i'm looking for like 50 55 60 yeah. is when they really start getting active and you know that's what we've been at for a while now but um this is just kind of a little thing i've figured out but when the pinfish are inshore there's sheep's head here. Yeah. You know, and there's been fish here now. Yeah, they um, are, unfortunately. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, it, I, I'll look at the water temperature for sure. You know, once it gets consistently 55, 60 degrees, I'm going to start targeting them, you know, a little bit more. Um, you know, it's definitely early in the spring, I like to be on structure a little bit closer to the inlets, mm -hmm. um, just because that does seem to be like where they'll congregate a little bit more. That's not always the case. Um, you know, you do get some that I think are residential fish that, you know, get back in the mud and the shallows, kind of like, you know, drum and sheep's head do, or excuse me, trout do, um, you know, to stay warm. But for the most part, going into the spring of the year, man, I'm staying close to the inlets if I can help it. You know, bridges, docks you know the jetties any, yeah. any kind of hard structure like that um do you, you know, do much ocean water. ocean fishing for them or no um i really don't um for no other reason than if i'm out there i'm usually you know trying to flounder fish and usually the sea bass are so bad yeah um you know that's the only reason why once i start getting a bunch of trash fish like that you know messing that's with the bait stuff i don't really do it so much um but um yeah i mean now now's the time man i mean they, they've they've they in the past you know the water temperature is right there where it's at you know i know they're here um typically if i can help it um i really like to fish around bridges for them yeah um that's just me you know anytime there's bridges there's docks around it you know it's just good hard structure that's been there for years um you know that's something i always kind of look for going into shoot those fishing is you know old growth yeah you know lots of old barnacles 
you know, vegetation, whatever, sea urchins, whatever it may be. Um, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, and that, that's why I like to capitalize on bridges or, you know, some of the older docks that I know of. Um, but, you know, fishing around bridges is easy. You can get in there, you can tie off to the bridge or, you know, use your trolling motor or whatever. You know, the, the main thing is being able to fish straight up and down. Yeah. And I'm sure you figured that out oh, you yeah. know, at some point or another. Um, but for the most part, man, I, and I really like to use, um, you know, fiddler crabs, sea urchins, anything like that. You know, a lot of people use barnacles for them. Um, it kind of turns into a mess for me. Um, so I stick with, you know, with the fiddler crabs, but, um, what I, you know, typically, man, you know, you find these bridges, um, a good thing I've kind of found out to do, and I don't know if you've ever tried this and a lot of people may not know, but you know, if you get into lower tides, um, sometimes you just go right around, you know, I'll go right around and look at these structures, you know, look at these docks, look at these bridges and, you know, see, you can see where the sheep's head have been feeding, um, on the pilots. You know, if you go up to them, you see a bunch of places where there's, you know, white plot, you know, spots all over the pilots, you know, that's sheep's head, you know, barnacles don't just fall off. Right. Right. Um, like that and that's a that's a good thing to do you know to really help you figure out where there's good numbers of sheep's head yeah um you know that's not a few fish that do that um but um it's crazy man those those, that they eat barnacles i mean they're they're those gnarly teeth and they're sticking their face up and chewing the barnacles right off the side of a piling um it's it's impressive that's cool though man just scouting in that way and looking for areas that are that the fish are on that's that's really cool have you ever heard of anybody using side scan to to locate sheep's head um that's just a thought that popped in my head it would work yeah it would 100 percent work um especially on a bridge um i have done it with my gopro before oh really stick that thing down in the water yeah and you can see them but a side scan would definitely work yeah um and i've just never tried it so but that would definitely uh, save you the trouble of you know looking for them. Yeah, definitely. So you're, you like you said you like to fish fiddler crabs a lot. Is that a is there a special way you like to rig them? Because now there's people are coming out with you know bottom sweeper jigs. I strike Scott some sheep's head jigs, and some people fish Carolina yep. rigs. Some people will fish just a jig head. What do you, how do you like to rig your? Uh, let's let's talk about the fiddler crabs and then also sea urchin because I've never fished with sea urchin for them or barnacles. So sure. I'd like to know how you how you like to do that. Sure. Um, you know, I use some of the, uh, the other like jig head rigs and everything. Um, and I do, I like them. Um, you know, I'm kind of old school Carolina rig. Yeah. It's like hard to teach old dog new tricks, I guess, if you will, (laughs) but they do work. Um, and the the thing that is great about them is, you know, you don't have your main line, your egg weight, your swivel, then, you know, your 12 foot or, you know, 12 inches a liter or whatever, you know, that's a lot of gap yeah you know to to miss these fish um so that's that's why i do like them um you know you don't have that slack in your line um but i don't fish them very much um for no other than my own preference yeah um, but i do like them um and as far as you know rigging fiddler crabs i would do it the same way on those as i would a carolina rig or anything um i typically uh you know take the crab and stick the hook directly in the legs like in the sodom i do not expose it i just oh, you don't expose push, it. nope nope i don't i just push the hook directly into them and by doing that um you know and you've got your line in the water you know that crabs you know kind of sitting straight up in the air um or in the water you know if that makes sense and you know those fish come up and grab it versus if you pull it all the way through you know the crabs you know a lot of times it kills them it'll break them um they can just kind of come up and just barely take a bite out of it and you know you can you can miss that fish by that so i don't like to expose the hook i just stick it directly into them um and don't pull it all the way through and i found that that's really i don't know if it's the way it you know presents itself in the water or what yeah um but i've seen you get a better hook you know hook set and more bites by doing that that's cool um i've never even thought about that yep and you know it just i've kind of started figuring it out it went for the main reason i started doing it is it doesn't tear the crabs all to pieces they don't break or whatever you know you don't have two holes you know you don't have an entrance hole and an exit hole um you know that's just more places you you know you, you tear your crab up you know they break the shell whatever they can just barely come up and just take a chunk and you know it's gone yeah um but I, i'm a carolina rig guy um you know that's really what i like to do um for the most part um 
you know, sometimes I, I do like those jigs. If I'm fishing, you know, boat docks or things like that, I do like the jigs um, just because it is hard to get straight up and down. You know, I'm not tying off to somebody's boat dock. Um, so, you know, you can kind of feel the bite a little better with those, and that is something I do yeah. like. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. So sea urchins, do you fish sea urchins much? You were talking about them? or I do, yeah, if I can get them. So it's typically a low tide thing. Yeah. Um, you know, they're usually in the, the lower part of the column. Um, so, you know, I got to go out at low tide to get them, um, which is, you know, no big deal, but yeah, I'll go around the pilings, you know, bridge piling, dock pilings, usually bridges, you know, big yeah. pilings seem to hold them more. Um, you know, I'll just pull it to a trolling motor and scoop them off with the net. Yeah. Um, but then from there, obviously I don't have one to show you, but, um, you know, I just take my pliers and, you know, break the spines off of them, um, until you get down to, you know, the urchin itself. And then you just take the pliers and, you know, just, just break it. And then on the inside of it, there's, you know, one big, it looks like a big white barnacle. I mean, it's really, really big. Um, and that's what I use. And same deal, I don't expose the hook. I just stick it through it, um, you know, at the bottom of it. And, you know, they don't last long. You know, if, if, the, if they're there, the sheep that are going to eat them. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'll get, you know, 10 or 20 of them. They'll be gone pretty quick. Um, but same deal. Now, on those, I have tried to use those on the jigs. And they do not seem to work as good for some reason. I don't know if it's just big and bulky or it just looks weird on the jig to them. But if I'm using those, I'm fishing a Carolina rig 100%. Yeah. Now, are you usually fishing a circle hook on a Carolina rig or are you fishing a J-hook when your sheep's out fishing? I I don't fish a circle hook. Um, I usually use a J or a Kale. Okay, cool. Um, it kind of depends on, you know, what type of bait I'm using. If If I'm using barnacles like I was talking a little bit, I'm usually using a J hook. Um, and you know, they're just hard to use, I think. And you know, that's the main thing that sheep's are fishing on. So it's kind of match the hatch deal. Um, but it just ends up being a little bit frustrating to me because you know, yeah. you can't keep them on the hook. But there's a lot of different ways to do it. I just, I haven't had a reason to yet. Um, but normally I like a kale hook personally. Yeah. Um, and I'll use a, I'll use a big one, you know, big number four. I mean, those sheep said have a big mouth. Um, you know, but kales or jays are fine. You know, either one. I yeah. really don't use circle hooks much at all for that, just because, you know, I'm setting the hook. Um, and that's kind of frowned upon, or, you know, doesn't really work as good setting the hook with a circle hook. No, um, no that's tough. So that, that's why I use these circle hooks for the most part. That's usually my go-to. Gotcha. Um, the yeah. crazy thing about the sheep set here, and I, I've shared this before, I think, on, on a podcast, but, uh, well, I, maybe not on a podcast. Maybe it was just with my buddy Cameron talking, but, they, I mean, you catch them on the pilings, and you catch them on docks and on structure, and then I don't see them ever. Like sight fishing for redfish, I don't see it. Maybe I'll see one or two cruise off an oyster bar or something. But then right. you get a flood tide up into the the Spartina grass, and they're freaking everywhere in the grass. Yep. They'll get up in the grass yep. and eat all those periwinkle or the little snails on the grass. Yeah, um, and you'll see yep. them like sticking their heads out of the water and eating the little snails off the grass. And I'll tell you what, dude, they're very hard to catch in the grass. But it's just funny oh, how, yeah. how how much they'll move from. From uh, that deep structure up into the grass, oh, yeah. um, it's yep. there. You know, people think of them as just deep water structure fish, but they're just moving to wherever those crustaceans are. They just love those crustaceans. Sure. sure. Um, and you know, you, you're talking deep water, man. I'd be honest with you. I don't sheephead fish in over ten foot of water. Oh, really? Very rarely. Wow. No, no. I'm I'm shallow form. I don't fish really that much different than you know I would for redfish or trout or flounder oh. or anything else. You know, I'm. Very rarely do I fish for any of that in over 10 foot of water. The yeah. sheep's head is the one occasion I might get a little bit deeper, but, you know, most of the time, seven, six, five, somewhere in there is, you know, where they're at. You know, you don't have to have that deep water. And I think that's a mistake of people, a lot of, you know, usually make is assuming they're in this deep water and they're not. I guess people, and what I, the, maybe my downfall sometimes is, is being nervous that if I get too shallow, they're not going to, and having to fish vertically that maybe the fish aren't going to swim under the boat. But I guess if you're tied up there for a while, it's not, you're not making noise. They're not worried about swimming under the boat. And no, no, they're, they're not. I mean, um, and I'm just curious. I know you were talking about catching them in the grass and I know people have done that before. Um, and I've, you know, seen videos and stuff of that, but when you get up close to them in the grass like that, are they skittish or not no, so much? No, they're not skittish. Uh, well, that, okay. Then they're that's, super that's skittish. That's how they are on the pilings. Really. That's how they're on the pilings. They're super skittish on the flats. Like if you see one, in open water, right. really shallow, super smart, super skittish. But in the grass, yeah. just like a redfish and a black drum when they're in the grass, like they're so preoccupied. Like the, and and even like you make a little noise, they'll spook fifteen feet and start tailing again. 
Um, so right. I just need to figure out how to tie a fly that looks like a snail <laughs> and it's, that yeah, sticks up on yeah, a piece of grass. I've, I've tried. Yep. And I've tried to use those little snails before. Uh-huh. Um, cause I, I know they'll eat them. Um, with not very much success. Really? Um, and I don't know why, I don't know if they only want them when they're, you know, feeding in that particular area. Um, but I, I've heard of people using them, and that's just one thing I've never been very successful with yeah. um, for whatever reason. But I know they feed on them. I mean, that's that's why they're there, and that grass is doing that. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you'll hear but, them just uh, coming up and sucking them off the off the grass. It's crazy. Have you have yeah. you messed around with the mud crabs at all, the, the larger mud crabs for sheep? Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and I guess I didn't, you know, wasn't too specific on that. You know, if I'm fishing, the, you know, at least in my area, you know, around Riceville Beach, uh-huh. figure eight, wherever – if I'm fishing that clear water like that, um, I mean, you know how it is around here. I'm usually going to use a fiddler crab, but if I get back more in the ICW, um, especially going down south, uh, Cape Fear River, wherever I, you know, maybe something like that, I'm going to use mud crabs yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, in that clear water, they will bite them 100%, you know, but I've, I haven't had the success with them that I have, you know, in some of the darker water. Okay. Um, and just to give you an example, and, you know, I don't know if it's coincidence, but it's happened to me kind of before. But um, I had a charter a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they booked me to sheepshead fish. I mean, they, they've done it with me before. You know, they that's what they wanted to do. And we went, and it was a, a husband and a wife. And me and the wife, you know, we caught sheepshead all day. And, you know, her husband, he had he'd picked some mud crabs for me the day before. He fished the same two crabs all day and did not get a bite. Really? And right there in that clear water. And I think we caught like 15 or 20 sheepshead. Golly, that's crazy. crazy. That's good to you know. know. Yep. That's but you know, when I get in dirty water, 100%. I mean, that's that's what I'm going to use. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bigger bait, you know, better presentation, I guess. You know, sometimes those those fiddler crabs, I think, can be tough to see, I guess. Um, but when you're in that clear water, you know, they work great. Yeah. Another point I wanted to talk about that you talked about earlier, just popped back in my head, was looking for that those docks. Um, and the, the pilings or the bridges with the older and nastier the mm-hmm. stuff, um, the more sheep's head you'd see on them. And I see mm-hmm. that true with any fish. Like if yeah, I'm looking yeah, for absolutely. docks to check for redfish or black drum or anything like that, it seems like those docks that are, you know, super, super covered up, old docks, pilings covered in barnacles, you know, some grass hanging off of them. That, is that what you see too, The as far as the best? Yep. I, I, most, most absolutely. Producing. I mean, I, I, I catch them on all of them. Um, but definitely, I mean, the, the docks that have, you know, been through several hurricanes, you know, yeah. they're, they're old. Uh, same deal. I mean, it's with any fish. And then, I mean, another thing, <clears throat> you know, docks with lights. Yeah. You know, bridges with lights. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, the sheep that aren't that much different, really, than any of the other fish. You know, they, they like those lights. I mean, you're still bringing shrimp in or little crabs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's sometimes I've ridden around at night, you know, looking for dots of lights for that very reason. Um, you know, some hold fish, some of them don't, you know, that's with anything, but, um, you know, lights, old, old structure. I mean, stuff that's just got a lot of growth on them. That's just going to hold, you know, your little baby fish or little shrimp, you know, just like anything else, you know, those sheeps that are going to feed just like the rest of them, you know, they're, they're looking, um, you know, for any kind of vegetation. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of them, you know, they, you know, plant matter, all the barnacles, oysters, whatever. Um, so the more, the more that's there, you know, you're going to have sheep's head for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You give, give them a bigger buffet. There's going to be more fish probably. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, do you see much bycatch, uh, sheep's head fishing? And is there a way to kind of fish to maybe catch redfish and black drum while you're sheep's head fishing that you found? Or is, yep. it, is it more just bycatch? <clears throat> And that's uh, that's actually a really good question, um, and I'm glad you brought that up for the reason. Um, you know, this time of year, coming into the spring, um, you know, when I'm fishing around the bridges and stuff, you know, still using filler crabs, you know, um, it's a little bit early yet. You know, the the pinfish and stuff are, <clears throat> you know, they're definitely in the waterway and stuff on some of the docks, but um, I usually I can get away with sheepshead fishing for a couple of months before that happens, but. Um, for the most part, early, you know, in the spring, it's just sheep's head and black drum. Um, you know, you got the occasional sea bass in there, um, you know, or puffer fish. And, you know, I've caught some, you know, tog togs before. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the bycatch is going to be, um, you know, black drum or sea bass. And I will usually sheep's head fish around the bridges until I start getting eaten alive, you know, by pinfish and sea bass and stuff like that where I can't 
you know, can't fish without setting the hook every three seconds for those guys, you know, thinking it's a sheep's head. Um, and then that's when I'll kind of pull off of the bridges and get into more into the waterway, you know, some of that dirtier water where there's still a bunch of pinfish, but it goes back to where I was saying I have a hard time catching them on mud crabs. Yeah. Um, fishing around the bridges, I'll get back to those areas where I do fish mud crabs. And, the, you know, the pinfish don't mess with that. You know, a sea bass still will or a puffer, but it's got to be a big one. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I, I just like capitalizing on the bridges while I can um, because it is, you know, there's always fish on them. You know, it's just a yeah. lot of structure. Um, but most of the bycatch, you know, is going to be black drum. Um, I do catch a few reds, you know, in the process, not so much at the bridge, but on the docks. Yeah. Um, but 90% of it, you know, is going to be black drum or sea bass really. Yeah. Um, and that's about the only bycatch I have with it. Are you almost always, I'm just kind of firing questions that questions as I'm thinking about them. Are you almost always tying up or do you ever spot, do you have a spot lock on your trolling motor? I do. Um, I feel like it messes them up. The sheep. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tie off. Um, pretty much every time, unless you know, I'm if if I'm dock fishing, you know, I'll put my power poles down or whatever, and you know, kind of pitch into it. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna tie off. Um, I don't. I you can get away with using the trolling motor. I've done it, but I just I don't like it. It's too much going on. Um, you know, I'm trying to move, and I, I mean, if I can help it, I want to be right there. I mean, I want to fish straight up and down. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm usually going to tie off if yeah, I can help yeah, it. And that's kind of, that's the sketchy part of it. Um, you know, it's really helpful if you've got two people. Um, a lot of times what I do is, you know, actually set my anchor, um, you know, way out in front of the structure and then, you know, drift back with the current and then, you know, put my anchor rope on whichever side, you know, where it's going to pull me off the pilot and then I'll tie off to it from there. So, you know, I've got my front line pulling me off. And then, you know, the back tied off, you know, I'll get on either side of which way the wind and everything's blowing me. Um, but, you know, it's going to happen. Your, yeah. your boat's going to bump. It's almost impossible not to. And I've made some rigs and stuff to keep you off of it. But um, that's the key to it. I yeah. Mean, unfortunately, you, yeah. you, you got to be in it. Yeah, you got to be in it for sure. Um, I, I've seen guys make like PVC stuff to cover their gunnels yep. and maybe wrap life jackets or towels around the edge of the boat. Um, and, and some of the, you know, the, the tough thing about some of those bridges is, you get a lot of boat traffic, and so you just you, you got to yep. be ready and keep your eyes peeled. Don't get you know banged against the pilings too hard. But um, yeah, that's cool. So when you're fishing, you were talking about. I want to I want to pick your brain on this a little bit. You were talking about when you're fishing docks, dirtier water, um, and you can't tie mm-hmm. right up. You can't fish vertically. What do you find the best way to still hook sheep's head? Like, do you feel like you can still catch them pretty well casting out to a dock? Yeah, okay. I, I I mean I can um, just. I guess from the experience of it yeah. and anybody could, it would take you a little bit of practice, but anybody could do it. Um, the best way is to learn on a bridge, but, um, I'm always going to get on the up current side and pitch down into the current, you know, yeah. it's keeping that pressure on it. Um, I don't like the slack in the line if I can help it. Um, you know, cause you're constantly going to be kind of moving it a little bit, I guess, to try to keep it tight. Right. Um, so anytime I'm going to do that, I'm going to get up current and pitch down current. Okay. Um, for sure, if I can help it, yeah, you know, unless it's just some kind of whatever crazy situation, but that's made it uh, way easier uh, for me. Yeah, that seems to be the best play for one, keeping your bait where you want it; two, keeping tension with the line; and three, like yep. when you hook a fish, fighting it. You know, if you, I mean, you lose so many rigs if you try to sit outside of the current, like off the end of the dock, and throw up underneath the dock, and the current sweeping one yeah. way or the other. I mean, you're just sweeping into the always setting up yeah above. and you know it, it makes it harder to get the fish out yeah um but you know it's more fun i mean i, I fish kind of heavy um form really for anything i mean my typical rod you know is seven foot medium heavy um 50 pound braid 30 pound leader drag lock it down yeah i like you it know, just just in that structure um you know so it just yeah i mean it's hard it is harder i mean you're gonna get you know you're gonna hook a big fish eventually that's gonna just bulldog you you know because you are pitching down current um but it just it's, it's the only way to me. keep your bait where you want yep. it though yeah so. yeah i mean you do that pitching up current i mean by the time it hits the bottom it's already slid out exactly you know, a foot or so and for a redfish and you know, a big stinky piece of cut bait that's fine but those sheep that aren't going to come off that pilot not far yeah you know that that's the thing it's just is really keeping it tight to the structure, you know, in comparison to some other stuff you don't have to. I mean, that, that's what those fish are feeding on, you know, and they're not cruising around looking. They're they're right there on the pylons eating. For sure. 
For sure. So, um, what was my question here? When you're uh, when you're targeting, oh no, it was my, my other question was, you said fifty pound braid, thirty pound leader. Uh, what rod and reel? You said a, a seven foot medium heavy, but what is there a brand of rod and reel that you? Oh, uh, I'm a, I'm one hundred percent a star rod fan. Star rod fan. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I mean, one the warranty of them, and you know, take that out of it. You know, I just like the rod. Yeah, um, I really do. They've got a good variety. Um, it's clean looking too. It's good looking. It rod. is. You know, I'll I'll buy the pin combo, and you know, the lifetime warranty works out great for me. Yeah. But um, you know, I'll buy a pin combo. Um, you know, to start with a pin battle two or spin fish or whatever. Um, and I'll use that till that rod breaks, and then I'll go put it on a star rod. Gotcha. Um, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, stars. I use HMGs and stuff. You know, for trout or reds. You know, whatever casting. Mm-hmm stuff like that my my heavy flounder sheep's head you know whatever dock banging stuff or ocean yeah i'm, I'm star all the way i love them right on heck yeah um, I've got so you said seven foot medium heavy you got 92 of them no that's what <laughs> close, it seems like yeah. Close to um, yeah medium heavy i mean I, I usually fish you know heavy duty for all of it um just because i am fishing so much structure um and especially with clients you know oh yeah they got the opportunity to get the fish out for sure um, you know that's it's, it's preference, but um, you know sheep's head such a, have such a hard mouth. They've got all those teeth. You know I want something that when I set the hook, it, it's going to get through it. You yeah, know? I think that's a a key thing. You know I've got some people I fish with, some buddies that bring their own stuff, and you know some of it's like trout fishing gear. And I mean I, I know they've set the hook in sheep's head before. Um, you know because I've seen it, and you know it turns out it wasn't enough to get through it, and that, right. that's why I like fishing that heavy duty stuff. Yeah. So if you could, let's go through this one more time real quick. If you could lay out for somebody, like somebody's going to go try sheepshead fishing for the first time. Yep. What do they need to look for? I know you've already talked about it, but just real quick, like the the, the key points of like where they need to stop to fish. Not your spots, but like say they're in Charleston, South Carolina, and they're just looking for the right structure. Um, Without a doubt, go to a bridge. Okay. You know, that's, that's the the whole deal you know the the dock fishing is a little bit more advanced i guess if you will Mm -hmm. um like i said i don't normally start doing that till the pinfish show up bad um go to a bridge i mean it's been known for years you know there's going to be sheep set on a bridge um 100 and um like i said this is just in my area you know and it it does change but i mean really i'm looking for i'm looking for seven eight foot of water or less okay i mean i i'll fish all the way down to two foot one and a half foot i mean enough where you could if they were swimming straight up and down you know you could see them out of the water yeah um you know it doesn't seem to spook them but yeah go to a bridge you know find the shallower section of it um you know there's just a difference you know if you're in 20 foot of water you know there's going to be a lot of current there yeah uh you know so you're not keeping it there and that's why i just like that that shallow you know areas you know they're not that much different than the rest of the fish um but yeah i mean go to a bridge um you know the the main thing that i like to try to do in this instance you know i know i was talking about on the docks um you know that i like to fish up current you know pitching down current that way um so it keeps you tight but if i'm on the bridge fishing straight up and down i want to have my bait on the back side of the piling you know from whichever way the current is so you know if the tide's rising this way oh and the piling's here i want my bait right on this side yeah you know so you can keep it right there not in the current you're actually you know tucked in tight right there um and you know you're you're keeping your bait in the same area you can fill them by you know i found on bridges sometimes when you're fishing up close like that you will get hung up you know because there is some other you know people fished it before you know there's a lot of snags but um on that i want to be on the back side of the the piling from the current where i can keep it perfectly straight up and down but i mean if i was going to go somewhere i'd never been before had no idea there's a bridge or a dock I'm going to go to the bridge 100%. Cool. cool. That's good. Uh, and there's, you know, there's a bridge near everybody that gets on the water. So there's, yep. you got to bet there's sheep's on every one of them. Well, cool. Well, let's transition to the other vertically striped inshore fish, which is the, the black drum, um, which seem to be pretty similar to sheep's head in ways, but you can definitely catch them. Um, you they are. You don't have to be as up and down as often to catch black drum. No, no. Um, and, you know, it's funny, you know, all these black drum I've been cleaning here lately, man, um, they've got the same thing in them that sheep's head do. Really? Barnacles. Really? Yeah, they're full of them, yep. And it's funny, you know, you look at them, and I don't, I don't know how they eat them, you know, because they don't have teeth or anything. Um, but, yeah, barnacles, I mean, it's the same deal. But um, I don't, 
you know, it's kind of funny, you know, you talk about, you know, catching them as a bycatch. Um, I, you know, I do catch them on fiddler crabs, but I mean, really to me targeting black drum, I'm going to use shrimp. Yeah. You know, if I can help it fresh shrimp, I don't really use live shrimp just cause it's expensive and you don't really need to. Yeah. Um, especially when the pinfish get here, but, um, for the most part, when I'm actually going to target black drum, I do stay away from the bridges a little bit. Um, and I get more into the docks, um, or oysters. Um, you know, it's kind of 50, 50, you know, there's, there's a lot of them that hold on to oysters, especially the farther South you go. Um, it seems like, you know, the, the oyster fishermen's you know, better, um, for black drum, yeah. but, um, docks, man, same deal. Um, you know, docks of lights, old, old growth, you know, just lots of junk on there, lots of snags. Um, you know, there, there's going to be black drum there. There might only be one or two, but more than likely there's fish there. Yeah. Uh, and the same deal, man, you can ride around and look, um, you know, played into that sheep's head thing like I was talking about earlier. We, you know, saying I ride around and look at pylons that have been, you know, gnawed on or anything. Yeah. If there's sheep's head activity there, there's black drum there. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing I like to do. And I, I would not fish one, you know, fish a certain dock because if I didn't see that, because it's not always the case. I mean, there may still be black drum there, but um, that's an easy way to start, um, especially if you had no idea where to go or anything like that. Um, but you know, typically for me on the black drum, I'm going to try something, some new spot. You know, they're they're aggressive. Um, you know, if I don't get a bite in five minutes, I'm gone. Yeah, I'm going somewhere else. You know, and that's, I think that's the same with everything else. I think that's a problem a lot of people make is camping on a spot too long. Like just because you've caught fish there before, um, and sometimes it's tidal. Like sometimes you know, all right, I'm here yep. too early. I need to wait yep. 30 minutes, and it's going to be game on. But a lot yep. of times it's, you know, if, if you're sitting on a spot and you think that it's the same tide that you've caught fish on there before and you're not bid in five or ten minutes with redfish or black yep. drum, maybe sheep's head is a little different. Sometimes I've, I sit somewhere yep. for a while. I'll stay, I'll stay for sheep's head for a while. Um, I really will. I mean, there's sometimes I've said, and I, I'm actually glad you brought it back up. I was just going to run this by you. Um, you know, I will stay for sheep's head for a while. You know, I was talking earlier, you were uh, mentioning about the side scan and everything. Yeah. And I yeah. said, you know, I've looked at it on my GoPro. Um you know, there's been a couple of times I've taken my GoPro out there and dropped it down, you know, just to see and pull it back up. And there's 20 sheep's heads sitting there. Really? Well, you know, they're not biting. I sit there for an hour, two hours just because I saw them and drop it right back down. And they're there, you know, they're still there. Well, you know, the tide gets right or whatever, just like anything else, man. I mean, it's like a light switch. Yeah. You know, it just turns on. Um, so that's sheep's head. I will stay longer. Um but outside of that, yeah, I mean, five minutes, you know, I'm done with it. Yeah, it seems like black drum and, and redfish, when it comes to, like, tidal-wise, it seems like it's just where it has them. You know, they definitely can feed better on certain tides sometimes, but a lot of yep. times, like, if you've got a piece of cut shrimp on the bottom and there's a few redfish and a few black drum, there, they're one of them is going to eat it eventually. You know, they're not yeah, going to no. pass it up like a sheep's head will or, um, yep. or whatnot. So. Yeah, the sheep's head can probably be more picky than any of them, but for the most part, man, black drum, I mean, you know how reds are. Yeah. Um, the blacks of this year, you know, they've been a little bit finicky. I mean, I, I'm catching them, but, um, you know, they've been biting like pinfish in a way. They're, you know, they, they can they can chew on it a little bit more so than just grab it and take off. Yeah. Um, you know, you almost kind of have to feel it and, you know, let them slowly tug on it before you set the hook. Um, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, if you got shrimp in front, they're going to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. It might take you a couple tries to hook them cause they can be finicky like that. But, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know if it's a water temperature thing. I haven't ever figured out that specific with it, but yeah, man, I mean, fresh shrimp on the bottom five minutes, you're going to get a bite. If <laughs> you right. are going to get a bite. Do you stick with the cut shrimp throughout the summer? Will you fish that for black shrimp? No, 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 no. I, I'm about done with it. The pinfish have gotten so bad. I, I really will fish shrimp. From and again, it's a water temperature thing. It's a pinfish thing, whatever. Um, I'll fish shrimp from November, December, usually December on through. I would bet this will be the last weekend. So what is it? April ninth. April ninth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This will probably be it. The pinfish have gotten bad enough, um, and I can't stand you know trying to change out bait and you know getting 50 pinfish bites to catch one black drum. Yeah, it's uh, tough. There could be 100 black drum on those pinfish will just beat them to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is there a, do you kind of stop black drum fishing at that point or is there another bait you like to use for black drum throughout the summer? Um kind of. 
Uh, and I, I will say this, usually the black drum that I catch on oysters, there's not as many pinfish. Yeah, that's true. Um, but there's also not always as many black drum, but usually the fish are nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, I'd be honest with you, if uh, outside of this, um, you know, once I quit fishing shrimp, I, I kind of quit fishing for them. Yeah. Uh, they're hard, they're hard to target without shrimp. Yeah, outside of sheep's head fishing, yeah. you know, fishing, you know, filler crabs and whatnot. Um, and they, they bite them, but it's not a, it's not like right now, like I'm going to go out and say, yeah, I'm going to catch, you know, eight or 10, 15 black drone today on shrimp. You know, if I go out and fiddle crabs, like, yeah, I might catch four, yeah, you know, five. Um, and it's a bycatch deal. Um, so really, as soon as that happens, you know, I'm kind of done with it. Um, and then I'll pick it back up again in the fall. Cool. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know but I found I, that too. Summertime and black drum are hard. It's always bycatch for me. I can't go target them. Yeah, with shrimp. and I don't. I don't think we have in this area that many black drum that stay here in the summertime. You think they push north or push well, off? Or I say that. I mean, I don't even know that it's that. It seems like the guys down south, um, you know, out of this area, um, you know, once you get down to the river, I still catch them. Yeah, um, Cape Fear, and then on, you know, Oak Island. Holden Beach, Ocean Isle, any of those guys down south, man, they they still stay right on with them for the summertime. Yeah. I don't know if it's, they don't have many pinfish or whatever. Um, but outside of that, you know, my, my main time for black drum is, you know, fall of the year through the spring, and yeah. then I'm done with it in the summer. Yeah. Just because of the pinfish. Yeah, the pinfish will, will shut shut down bait fishing pretty quick sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No. Well, I think, well, let's transition and talk about this for a minute because um, this is what seems like your, you'd say flounder fishing is probably your favorite to do, right? Yeah, kind of yeah man, about. absolutely. Um, are you going to get in, you, you know, going to still target them even though we can't keep them this, this spring? Because, I mean, personally, I, I still like catching them. Like the thump, like, you know, working for a flounder and, and knowing that, oh, that was, a, that was a good one and letting me eat it for a second. It's a fun, it's a fun, you know, fish to fish for, but it's so ingrained in our heads that like if you catch a flounder, you've got to keep the flounder. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know that I will. Um, for the only reason of, you know, the, I live bait form. Yeah. For the most part, you know, you got to wait, you know, a little while before you, you know, set the hook on them. And I hate, uh, I hate to gut hook one and have yeah. to cut it loose. Um, you know, I mean, I know the commercial end of it, you know, whatever, but um, I hate to do it. I hate yeah, to kill No, fish. I think if that's I awesome. Keep it, I mean, I realize little fish and everything, it's going to happen, but um, I don't know that I will. I'll probably wait till you know, the season happens or catch them as a bycatch because, I mean, I would say 90% of the flounder I catch, you know, they've they've got it. Yeah. Where I can't take the hook out. Oh, yeah, they'll – they'll because, you, you, like you're saying, you want to wait and make sure they've eaten it well. and, and then Yeah, you, you, and – and I don't care if it's a circle hook or not. I've had a many of them swallow a circle hook in the ocean, you know, so I've never really found a way outside of it. Yeah. So I don't, to answer your question, probably not. Yeah. When is, when is the season coming again? Uh, I have, it's all, it's August 15th, 15th to September 30th, I think. Okay, cool. Something like that. I'm pretty those, sure. Those fish are going to get worked hard. During that oh my time. gosh. I mean, it's going to be insane. I mean, yeah. in the past few years, man, the flounder fisher has just been so good. Um, especially in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, these, the, everybody's getting ready to, you know, freak out over them. I and mean, I've, I've got people who are, you know, taking their vacation in August and September just for that very reason. Yeah. To go flounder fishing. Sorry kids. I know you're back at school, but daddy's going flounder fishing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, uh, when you target redfish, are you doing anything different than the black drum fishing or are you mostly just kind of fishing the same way or maybe different areas? Um, man, I'll be honest with you. I would say, 95% of my red drum fishing has been a bycatch of me flounder fishing. Really? Yep. That's, that's cool. really how I found all of my places that I catch reds um, is flounder fishing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to catch them, and it's great for clients. Um, but it's just been more so me me trying to flounder fish. So, I mean, I'm using, you know, live finger mullet or, you know, artificial if I can't catch any bait or something like that. Um but, you know, if, it, if I was really, really actually trying to target reds, you know, I would kind of do the same deal. Um, when I'm flounder fishing, I'm on my trolling motor, uh-huh. you know, the whole time covering ground. Um, but for the reds, I'd kind of go to the more specific areas. Um, you know, if 
docks or whatever that looks good. I would just throw out, you know, a couple of rods um, and do it that way with, you know, live bait, cut bait or shrimp right now. I mean, I'm still catching reds on shrimp as well. Um, but for the most part, man, I mean, I catch them flounder fishing. Yeah. Um, you know, just covering ground, working structure. I mean, not that much different than, you know, probably the way you would do it. Um, you know, but I'm a live bait guy. You yeah. Know, that's what I want to do. If I can help it, I'm going to use live bait for the reds um, or cut bait. If the water's really muddy, I'll get a cut bait. Yeah. Um, but if it's clear, I'm going to use live bait. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a mistake people make a lot of times is, is that, you know, you think in dirtier water, I feel like a lot of people think in dirty water they need live bait. They need something fluttering around, but I think the scent is so much more important when you get in that dirty water, um, something that they can smell and track into, um, and then yep. live bait. I mean, they'll still eat cut bait in clear water, but they're going to see that that bait from further away than they're going to smell it in in cleaner water. So, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I've had some days where I've had some, you know, live bait out in some muddy water for you know, longer than I would normally stay there, you know, five or 10, 15 minutes, just cause it looks good. The tide's good. Like there's fish here and you're not going to buy it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, cut one of these, mill it up and chunk it out and see what happens. And then, you know, throw the first rod out, go to the second rod and wham, <laughs> you know, and that was all it was. They needed that scent. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. Um, I uh, hopefully, did you have trouble last year on the bait on the, on the mullet and the menhaden? I did. It was uh, tough in the spring, man. It was I, not so much on the Menhaden. Um, I can usually get them pretty good, you know, going around boat basins or whatever like yeah. that. But yeah, the finger mullet, man, I had a tough time um, getting them. I mean, it seemed like there was a lot, but I could only get them at low tide. Yeah, high tide and, and finger mullet did not go well to get No, no, it was kind of weird. I mean, I, I scratched my head a lot of mornings, man. I was like, I don't, I mean, it's always a little bit harder at high tide, but um, no, I, yeah, same deal, man. I had a tough time with it. It was weird. I had a couple charters last year where I picked up, you know, mid-tide, maybe mid to high with my clients. And I was like, all right, you know, let's catch bait together. This isn't going to be part of our trip time. But yep. I didn't have time to, to catch bait beforehand. And I struggled a couple times in front of my clients catching mullet. And I was, you know, like, this shouldn't be this hard to catch mullet. No. And just to yeah, find no, I agree with you, man. I mean, it was uh, kind of a weird year for them. I mean, yeah. they were everywhere, but it just high tide, it, it was tough. Um and I don't really like using menhaden unless I'm in the ocean. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll use them as cut bait inside. But outside of that, man, I mean, I won't, you know, I'm looking for finger mullet. Yeah. They're, they're just so, more, so much more active and then last so much longer, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you fish mud minnows at all for live bait ever or try to stick stay away from them? I will use them a little bit. Maybe, you know, December, January, February, if I'm just having a tough time. Um but outside of that, in those months, man, usually the shrimp's so productive, I don't really have to. Yeah. Um, and then in the summertime, the mud minnows are just too small. The, the the pinfish still eat them alive, at least, excuse me, at least down here in my area. So yeah. I really don't answer. Anytime I bought them, I never had much success with them. Yeah. The one thing, the one time I have a lot of luck with them is in the wintertime for trout. That, that's when I really like right. the mud minnow. Right. Because it's the only bait fish you can get your hands on and... The trout yeah. eat the piss out of them, but other than that, they're they're kind of a crappy bait, and especially on the Carolina rig, a mud minnow, because you throw it out there and they just lay on the bottom beside the yeah. weight. I mean, um, they're 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 incredibly hardy. Yeah, you know, I like that. But yeah, same deal. If I buy them, I'm trying to. It's been one of those deals. I went in there at low tide or something. The water was clear, and I saw trout everywhere, um, and they wouldn't bite. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get some mud minnows on a cork, and you know that'll get them going. That'll get them going. Yeah, yeah for sure. And. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But. When it works, so it's like, oh hell yeah, we're about to mess them up. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> the cork doesn't go two feet without. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, well that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've gotten so much more into bait fishing and and uh, live bait, cut bait, everything, and I, I really started throwing. I, I didn't start on the bait side. I started on the artificial side of things, and mm -hmm. I really, I thought like, oh, you know, if you can catch them on artificial, man, bait's easy. I, when I first started to like try to learn to bait fish um, with clients, like when I started guiding, it's freaking hard. Like you got to know where to be and, and in the right spot. You know, you're not fishing yeah. the same stuff that you're sight fishing in. Your fishing right. structure is so important, and um, you know it is. It is, and it, it's weird. Like you're talking about, I mean, sight fishing. You can still, you know, you can still catch fish on artificial. But it seems like when you and I have been involved in some of this, you know, you throw live bait out and they don't want it. No, it's it's funny, man. It's it weird. really is. And I, I've, I've really grown to love to – I've really enjoyed learning how to bait fish better with artificial and with cut bait and, like, 
the nuances of it. Because, yeah, anybody can go put a mullet on the bottom and catch a redfish, you know, during the tide right. cycle. But to, to consistently know where to be and how to move throughout the tide cycle, that takes a lot of practice and a lot of learning. Um, just like anyone yeah. can go throw a jig head around an oyster bar and catch a redfish. But it's it's being right. able to, like, throughout the tide, stay on the fish. And I think there's no better way to do that than with, you know, artific- or with live bait and with cut bait. And so... I yeah. think that's huge. And it, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot tide dependent. I mean, I've got, you know, same deal you do, anybody else. You know, I've got certain places that I wait on the tide. Yeah. You know, and uh, those fish, I mean, they can turn on a dime just for that very reason. Um, you know, as soon as the tide gets right, man, they'll start feeding. I mean, I think that's a lot of things that, you know, some people won't pay attention to. I mean, I know we all do, but, you know, that that's a huge deal. You know, if you have some kind of crazy day, you know, I always capitalize on it. You know, when I get home, like, okay, what was the tide doing? What was oh, yeah. the wind doing everything when we caught these fish? I, that's um, one thing that I've tried to push a lot on here that I don't even do well. I, I keep one, but a log. You know, if you you should log yeah. every single day on the water, especially if you're if you're feeling like you have a lot of improvement to do or like you're you're wanting to get a lot better at fishing from where you are. Um, keeping a log every single day of the good days, the bad days. Yeah. Keep the weather. Keep the barometric pressure. Keep the tide. Keep the water temperature. Keep the air temperature. Wind. I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not good at it either. You know, sometimes I am, and then, you know, I end up, and I have done that before. You know, it was kind of a comparable day, and I was like, well, I'm not going to go fish because it's not going to be right. And then I was, this was just me. I was like, man, I don't want to do that because then I'm not going to go. But yeah, I mean, it makes a big difference. It does. I, mean, I really like, I really like to pay attention to it if I can help it. Um, and I know you're talking about, you know, throwing artificials and stuff. Do you fish live bait much for, you know, your speckled trout? I mean, that's the only thing I do not use live bait for unless I've seen them, like we were talking with mud minnows. For the most part, I want to catch trout on artificial. I don't yeah. I don't feel that same thump on, you know, live bait. For anything else, I'm fine with live bait trout, man. I'm, I'm artificial. I love it. That thump just tears me up. Oh, man, I'm with you. I, I like, I mean, I love throwing artificial for fish. But what I've grown to love the most is figuring out what it takes to catch that fish and doing that. Whether it's like, I want to use right. whatever the best medium is or the best practice is to catch the fish or whatever they're they're presenting. Like maybe I'd catch a few more on a jig than a fly. But if it's a really good day to be fly fishing, the redfish are sure. happy, they're flashing. Like I like throwing the fly. I, I like adapting to the scenarios and, and the, what the day gives you and, and doing whatever it takes. Like I have just as much fun. I always tell clients this. I'd have just as much fun going and catching like a carp on a piece of bread as a sailfish on a fly rod. I just want to. I just want to figure yeah. out what what it takes and and do it and like figure and and, and yeah. not master it, but just kind of like put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, right. But right. I will say I like to throw the artificials for trout, just like you, 100. percent But as soon as they start, you, like you're saying, you see them in areas and they're not eating artificials, dude. I'm breaking out the love menace because uh, yeah. it changes I mean, I, the it, game. It, that ter- for whatever reason, and like I said, man, you know, I, I love. I mean, if I had to pick two things, it, well. Really three. I mean, flounder, sheep's head, and trout. But, yeah. you know, when it gets that time of year, the water really starts getting clear. The fish are getting lethargic. And I come into a big school of trout that's got big fish in it, and they're not biting me. It tears my nerves up, man. I've got to get some mud minnow something. I know, man. I'm going to start keeping mud minnow traps and, like, blue crabs yeah. in my boat so I can just go catch them and catch them that day. Because, yeah, yeah you'll, I can't tell how many times, too, I've, like, seen them. But, like, all right, next time I've got the opportunity – I'm, I'm bringing mud minnows and it'll be like a week and a half later and I'll go in there and they're gone, you know? And so it's like yeah. it, this in the winter time and we're getting out of that. If you see trout now, they'll probably eat a jig, you know, maybe yeah. not that yeah. time. Maybe, maybe you spooked them, but if you go back in there the next day, the same tide, you can get them eat a jig. But that, yeah, that's what I've been catching them on. Yeah. Just fishing jigs. Yeah, I've, honestly, I've been fishing just like I would in the fall, you know, yeah. current grass, you know, I've gotten out of the boat basins and places like that. You know, I'm, I'm fishing normal, fall time structure yeah. or close to the inlets or whatever they're just uh, like the bass they transition the same way so like yeah you know that they, yeah. they, they go yeah. in, their spring patterns are the same as their fall patterns it's just in reverse they're just cycling in and out of these yep. these patterns yep. so yep that, that's the deal and i mean uh I, I'm, I'm not doing anything different than i would have been doing in november you yeah. know it's taken a while but i mean they're in those places you know if and right now you know the waterway's just been flooded with glass as at least it was today Golly. and yesterday you know, follow that. You know, if you see that in a creek, there's fish there. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not. They're there's going to be some those glass minnows. Yeah, be throwing yeah. epoxy jigs for speckled trout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, is there anything else? We're at an hour. Is there anything else you want to you want to touch on? Any, I, any I, tips? Yeah, I do, man. I, I kind of you know it's easy to get sidetracked when you start talking. Yeah, man. I, I wanted to get back to the sheep's head thing real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, this was something that, and I, I hope some people get to this point where they hear this, man. Um, and I wish I brought it up earlier, but. 
the main thing I have found with sheephead fishing that makes all the difference in the world, um, you know, when you're fishing, especially straight up and down, when you're fishing a dock, it's a little bit hard. But if you're fishing straight up and down, I never put my my bait on the bottom. I'll let it go to the bottom, and then I will reel my slack up to where my rod tip is at the water, at the water level, and it's tight. And I'll pick up on it about two inches. And the whole time, I'm slowly just doing this right here. Move it up, move it down, just real slow. I mean... And that's that. It's crucial um, to fill in that bite when you're picking it up and moving it. If it stops, hammer it. You know, yeah. set the hook. You know that that kind of eliminates that sheep's head bite. You know that very little light tick that they do. You know the old timers will tell you if you fill them bite, they're gone. Yeah. And there is some truth to that. But I found if you keep your line moving very slowly, but enough where you can feel it. You know that you're actually moving your rod. It, it'll stop. It'll feel like you're hung up or it'll just totally stop. Set the hook. You know, that fish has got, you know, that bait and you're just not going to feel it. And then you keep moving and it'll let go of it. Um, and then the other thing, especially when the sheep's head go into like a, you know, a feeding blitz, if you will, and they'll still do it outside of that. Watch your line. You know, when you're sitting there slowly moving it up and down or just sitting there, watch it. It might move a half inch and that's that fish. They'll, I mean, they'll pick it up and swim with it and you will never feel it. Yeah, man, that's the craziest it, it, thing about it. It's them. amazing. You know, you got to pay attention to your line and, and keep it moving. You know, don't sit there and, you know, wham, wham, you know, don't, don't amberjack jig it, but, you know, just slowly move it, man. I mean, that is crucial. When you um, say you're slowly it, lifting up and down, how far are you transitioning from like up a to foot, down? A foot. A foot. Okay, cool. A foot. Yep. And if you're, ne- you're up, always keeping it about two inches off the bottom. Like that's the lowest you're going and then you're coming about yep, so in other words, inches like, off and then back down. Yep. When I drop my rod tip, when I reel my slack up, I want my rod tip at the water. Okay. And then I'm going to pick up just where I would comfortably fish, you know, like this. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's two, three inches, whatever. Um, so at that point, you know, your weight's off the bottom, but your crab's still right there at it. I, I'm going to pick up a foot, um, maybe 18 inches. Um, but I'm going to constantly keep it moving. If I don't get a bite in, you know, a minute, two minutes, I'm going to just, just reel it up and check it. Um, you know, that's one thing that the sheep said. You check your bait. You know, you're not you're not going to spook them by reeling it in a bunch or doing nothing like that. They they really don't spook that easy for whatever reason, especially on bridges. Um, but um, in my experience, uh, at least for me, if I start seeing them, you know, high tide, they start coming up to the surface on bridges. If I start seeing them, I'm done. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't bite for me. I, I have had okay days like that. For the most part, if you can see them, hang it up. You know, go go do something else. It's not yeah. always the case. I try it, but. And that seems like the time, like where you'd want to be, like, oh, I'm seeing them here. I know they're here. Oh, I'm going to keep fishing. I'm with you. That's that's always tough when you see them floating up on the piling. Yeah, but that that's the two main things, man. That that really will help people, um, you know, figure figure out how to do this is keep your line moving and watch it. You know that that will really it just really really eliminates that very light bite that you might not even feel, and you're still gotcha. going to miss them 100. You're you're still going to miss fish, but. You know, that picking it up like that, and it'll take you a couple tries of feeling it, and then you lose your bait, and you're like, okay, I got it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is just, over the years, it's really helped my, you know, catch ratio, you know, versus missing fish, Definitely. you know, by moving it. I mean, it, it's amazing how they can take it off without you even feeling them bite, but, you know, moving it and watch your line is the, the best advice I can give anybody. Yeah, it, like you said, man, I just want to touch on that one more time. Watching the line is crazy, because... I can't tell you how many times I've been doing it, and the line just starts moving out to the right, yep. and you feel nothing on your rod tip, nothing. absolutely nothing. It's crazy, and they're swimming it's, away it's with it. Crazy. It's like they know what exactly what they're doing, and they're trying to yep. you know get away with the bait and give you no alerts. So, uh, well, yeah, cool. It, it, it's crazy, man. I mean, they can move. You know, I've had some not paying attention. I mean, they've got it, you know, foot foot and a half away, and I <laughs> yeah. never felt it move. You know, and when I as soon as I see that, I mean, I break their jaw, but. Yeah, you know, set the hook into it. It, it. it is crazy, and once you get into it, like you said, man, if you didn't know, you would never feel it. I mean, yeah, that's insane. You've caught a lot more sheep's head than me. This is my last question. Um, so yeah. I know this has had to happen to you because it's happened to me. Um, when you the hook will just be wedged in between their teeth. Have you caught many like that where it's not even in them, but it's like stuck in the gap in their teeth? No, you haven't man, caught them like no. that. Have you actually caught one? <laughs> yeah, like I've that? caught two or three like that where the hook is just jammed between their white teeth. Not even no it. way. Yeah. No, I haven't, man. That's crazy. My other um, sheep's head claim to fame is in Louisiana, which in Louisiana sheep's head aren't sheep's head. They act very different. 
But yeah, I caught yeah, I got one. some buddies that catch one popping corks and jigs and stuff. Oh, dude, we caught one chatterbaits on there. Retrieving it's a crazy. chatterbait and you, you get bit and it ends up being a big 10-pop sheep set. So it's very different than here. So if you're from Louisiana, awesome. this podcast will definitely still help you on structure. But also, might as well just sure. go catch them on chatterbaits. <laughs> Maybe even topwater plugs. <laughs> Sign me up. That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. If guys want to reach out to you and, and book a trip and fish with you for sheep's head or anything else, how can they get it, get a hold of, hold of you? Um, you know, you can, you know, get on my Instagram. Um, you know, it's just Luke Moser. And then, you know, you would see coastline charters, you know, LLC up under that. Um, you know, Facebook, same deal. Coastline charters, LLC. Um, you know, I think my email or telephone number, any of that stuff's on there as well. Cool. Um, you know, I've got a website. I, you know, nobody, it seems like everybody goes to Facebook and Instagram now. Yeah. Um, that's it. But yeah, Coastline Charters, LLC, you know, it's here at Wrestle Beach, Carolina Beach, um, you know, the Cape Fear River area. Um, you know, that's the easiest easiest place to get me. And the Luke Mosers, you guys, is if you're listening and not watching, because it's been on the bottom of the screen, but um, it's L-U-K-E-M-O-S-E-R at Luke Moser on Instagram, correct? Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. And then, you know, you'd see the Coastline Charters and everything right up under it just to know you're in the right area. Sweet. But, um, you know, sweet, Facebook sweet. the same way. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. I'm going to close the show off. And uh, yeah, you guys, yeah, we are going to try to, me and Luke are going to try to get out and go jack up some sheep's head here in the next couple of days, maybe the next week yeah. or two. Um, i do a little video for y'all. So y'all can, we've talked about it. Now y'all can see Luke in action, crushing the sheep's head. Um, and uh, we're going to try to put that together for you. No promises. We both are, are busy dudes, but we're going to try our best to, to get yep. it together yep. and, and go, uh, go put something together for y'all. But I'm going to switch back over to my camera here for those of y'all that are watching. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Eastern Current. We're going to keep bringing you all two episodes a week. If you're lucky, maybe three episodes a week sometimes. Um, I'm going to try to stay really, really strict on my uploading schedule. I'm backloading a lot of episodes right now so that we can stay ahead and never get behind. Um, but Luke, man, that was an awesome episode. Definitely, you guys, go try sheepshead fishing. It is a great, great um, you know, fish to fish for here in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, um, Georgia, they're, they're all up and down the coast from Florida all the way up to north of I mean they catch them all the way up in New York and New Jersey so um, every state I would say if you fish the way we've talked about right now you will catch sheepshead so give it a shot, it's it's a great great uh, fish to fish for and the other cool thing is if you don't have a boat, go walk out on some of these bridges, on some of these you know public docks and you can do the same thing from foot so um, don't be nervous that oh I can't sheepshead fish because I don't have a boat, I don't have a kayak this is a great fish to target on foot um, especially starting now through the next couple months as these fish are, uh, are getting on the structure and shore really well. So, um, but as always, this is uh, Eastern Current, and I'm Judson Brock. That was Luke, and we will see you all in the next episode. Later.